Welcome listeners to another inspiring season of the JMT Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Tacarante, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on this journey of exploration, growth, and transformation. In this season, season four, we're diving deep into a theme that resonates not only with the realm of businesses, but also within the very hearts of our communities, peace within your business and within your community. It's a season dedicated to unraveling the threads that connect inner harmony, successful enterprises, and the well-being of the societies we live in. to season four of the award-winning JMT Media Podcast. I am your host, Jacqueline Tecarante, and today I have a very, very special guest. So several weeks back, or let me back up. Um, as many of you know, when we started season four, the focus really is talking about passion and purpose, but also about maintaining your peace, um, especially if you are a woman entrepreneur. And so if this is your first time listening or tuning in, we didn't mean for it to be all amazing badass women. It just so happens that after four seasons, it's just amazing badass women that interests me when I speak to them. And so a few weeks back, JMT Media, we were invited to women.nyc. It was this collaborative brunch. And I got to meet a whole room of powerful women, especially in digital media and in technology. And one of the things that I find absolutely fascinating is sometimes people assume that you can't have two like-minded businesses or organizations in the same room because people look at it as competitors when they should be looking at it as collaboration. And so immediately I was drawn to our next guest, Miss Regina Gwen from Black Women Talk Tech. And I'm just going to give you all a little bit of bio about her because I really want her to talk more about her history and her organization. Um, but just a little bit about Black Women Talk Tech. It's an organization that aims to identify, support, and encourage Black women to build the next billion-dollar business. Black Women Talk Tech is the largest collective of Black women tech founders therefore bringing a unique understanding of the challenges that Black women face and the advantages they bring to the tech industry. As the co-founder, because she has another fabulous woman leading with her, Regina co-leads business strategy and strategic partnerships, development, and leads sponsor relationships. Um, Regina launched her first tech startup in 2014 with Tresna, a platform that empowers women of color to celebrate their textured hair with a personalized beauty routine that works. Um, it's a virtual beauty coach, took the guesswork out of finding the right natural hair products and services and matching your individual hair profile. She then started, or before that, she actually started her career in the product development executive training program at Federated Department Stores, now known as Macy's, and successfully launched the private label brands during her tenure. 
She is a graduate from the Kellogg School of Management with her MBA, and Regina was a management consultant with the Monitor Group, which is now known as Monitor Deloitte Consulting, and works with clients within the beauty, media, and healthcare industries. Look, y'all, I can go on and on. Oh, wait, this, there's a couple that I don't want to skip because it's really important because we talked about this with other guests. Sometimes women in business, we don't want to like shout out our flowers because depending on your culture, I know in my culture, in the Latin culture and Native American culture, if you shout out your your winnings, it seems like you're being boastful, but this is my podcast. So we're just going to put it out there for my girlfriend. Uh, Regina has been named one of the most hundred most powerful women by Entrepreneur Magazine and top 10 women in tech by Essence Magazine. Her features include BET Her, Black Enterprise, Wall Street, Journal, Cranes Business, and more. She is on the cabinet for the Black Entrepreneurship for the City of New York and a former board member for Bragg, a nonprofit, diverse retail professionals, and rising tide capital. So, my dear, are you there, Miss Regina? Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much. Hearing all those things, I'm like, what? You're like, I did that. And yes, you did. Well, thank you for having me. First off, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. Um, it is my distinct privilege and honor because you have been paving the way for many, many years, not only setting yourself up and your, your organization and your business, but for so many women. But before we even get to that, I always take it back to the beginnings. I always ask folks, tell me about where you're from, because the Regina that we know now is not the same Regina that was birthed X amount of years ago, which by the way, you're a Virgo. So Virgo season's coming up. Ooh. Super pumped. Um, so by the time this airs, happy belated birthday. By you. That. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about kind of your upbringing and your history? Sure. So, um, you know, I'm actually a country girl by by heart. I was born and raised in North Carolina um, and grew up climbing trees, you know, barefoot and sitting in trees, reading books. Um, uh, my mom. Texas, so I'm, I'm feeling the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> um, my mom was from the Bronx. So that's what brought us to New York City in the summer. And I just would like stare like, wow, like this traffic and, and people. And, you know, I just, I knew I had to get out of this, you know, old dusty town and, and, and pursue a career in fashion, um, which I did and, and started off my career, as, as you mentioned, at Macy's Inc., um, you know, building their private label brands for menswear and ready to wear. Um, but, you know, just growing up, it was, it was very focused on academics. Um, my mom was the head nurse of a, the neurology unit at Duke University Medical Center in Durham, North Carolina. So, oh, hello. Um, you know, the, the idea of, um, you know, being, having focus on schoolwork and academics was extremely high. Um, but on the flip side, my dad was an entrepreneur and, and his dad was an entrepreneur. So I have been really, really blessed and fortunate to, to have a first, you know, hand view of, of how business works at a very early age. Um, my dad ran a recycling firm, actually, uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina. So, um, you know, he'd come home and he'd be excited about a new account that he had closed. And then he'd come home a month later and be, you know, upset about an account that he lost. So, you know, that those highs and lows and, you know, that roller coaster um, of building a business um, has, again, been extremely 
um, valuable for for me to have seen that because in our communities, you know, that's not necessarily table talk. Um, yeah. You know, it's not something that we kind of, you grow up to be a lawyer, right? You go to law school and you're a lawyer, you go to med school and you're a doctor, or you go to, you go to business school and you're like a businessman? Like how, <laughs> what kinds of businesses? So accurate. You're like, what does that mean? What, what does that, business? how yeah. do you explain? Even to this day, I, I try to, people ask me, you know, my family asks me like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Work on a lot of different um, initiatives. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I think growing up, um, you know, went to went, I was in North Carolina up until college, and then came to the New York, New Jersey area for my undergraduate degree. Always wanted to pursue a career in fashion, so was fortunate to um, get an internship at Macy's Inc. in their merchandising department, and then end up getting an offer for full time, and was there for a good six years. Um, you know, working working my way up to, to leading the marketing department for menswear and launching um, three brands, I think, uh, while I was there. Inc. International Concepts. If you're anyone's familiar with Macy's, hello. Anybody that's over a size five is right. familiar with Inc. Great brands, by the way. Shout out to Inc. Okay. Absolutely. So, so they're menswear. So, so they're um, when when Inc. Ro rolled out their menswear um, extension, uh, I was a part of of that brand launch as well as a few other um, men's suiting brands and a, and a children's brand. So, oh, nice. Loved all that. And um, and then I decided that I wanted uh, more analytic rigor, so I decided to go to business school. Um, went to Kellogg because that's you know the number one school in the country for marketing um, and yeah. brand, and went there and met these interesting people called management consultants. I'd never heard of management consulting, yeah. like Bain and McKinsey and BCG, like never heard of any of this before in my life, um, which just goes to show you like there's just so many things out here that we don't even know that we don't know. And, yeah, and, and that that importance. you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've been there a million times. Yeah. That that was it. So so ended up doing again an internship at Monitor Group. Um, ended up, you know, after business school, um, working at the Monitor Group in management consulting. And that that experience was also just so eye-opening uh, in terms of how to think about problems, how to think about strategy, um, and what are the trade-offs. And um, you know, just understanding the choices that you're making um, to move the needle on your business. And yeah. um, you know, after a while, I decided to go back into retail, and then the entrepreneurship bug hit me. I know, and I tell people all the time: once you become an entrepreneur, you can never go back. And I'm oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> as you have, you know, my, I've been in business now for eight years, and we have grown exponentially and awesome. received a lot of accolades and visibility. So. With that comes other opportunities. And sometimes those opportunities are like, hey, Jacqueline, how about you close JMT Media and you work for me? And I'm like, I could never do that. Like, mm -hmm. you don't understand <laughs> what it's like to hit payroll when you first start a business. Yes. You don't know what it's like to like buy your post-its. You know, I tell people all the time, still to this day, I buy all my supplies at the dollar store. All the, I'm like, sorry, yeah. sorry, not sorry. No, sorry, not sorry. When that money is coming out of your pocket, then you make decisions very differently. Exactly, exactly. And so what I found fascinating about you is a couple of things, aside from you being fabulous, is when we talk about digital media or minorities in the digital media tech space, we rarely see, of course, African-Americans, Mexican-Americans, Native Americans, 
And these are all minority groups that are some of the biggest consumers of digital media technology. So I'm absolutely. And a part of it is because the access to capital funding is not there. Um, the infrastructure of how somebody's business is set up does not really guarantee them or allow them to do or work on city or state projects, which are the public dollars. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe they don't have the business acumen to go and move into the private sector. And so you've really been able to create your organization with your co-founder. Can you talk about the need of why you created the organization and mm -hmm. like, how's it going? Sure. So, um, it's so interesting because, you know, ideally I would I would like to be put out of business, right? Like I would I would like for there no longer to be the challenges that exist for uh, getting access to capital and, you know, having the structure of your business um, not align with with company with with uh, city guidelines or public or private sector dollars. I, I wish that we all just had even even somewhat of a of a level playing field, and and we don't. And and you know, having experienced that firsthand, when I launched my 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 tech startup um, back in oh my goodness, I think 2014, Lort, almost 10 years ago. Um, you know, and and I considered myself you know fairly networked, right? Like I had worked at Macy's and went to business school and like checked off all the yeah. boxes and did all the things, and still had problems finding the right technical talent getting the into the right rooms, having the right conversations, getting the right doors opened to me yeah. to get access to that, to the to the funding that I needed. And also just the social capital, like the mentors and the advisors that were, you know, supporting and encouraging certain founders and certain startups and, and weren't uh, connected to uh, other groups of founders and other groups of startups. And so um, when I met my my co-founder, we were working on completely different businesses and our problems were exactly the same. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So we both were like, hey, how do you find a good CTO? Like I went through so many CTOs, Jacqueline. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> it I, is terrible. I believe it. It's it's terrible. Um, went, went through so many CTOs. Um, you know, had so many different versions of my business and um, uh, versions of our product. Um, we got hacked because we had an overseas dev person that left the door open on our code. Like it was a mess. Um, and so, you know, when we when I was when we were comparing notes, it was just like very similar challenges with finding overseas devs, finding the right uh, technical ca uh, technical talent. The, the the capital and fundraising conversations, like what is a cap table? I didn't even know what yeah. is a cap table, let alone how it should be structured. What's the difference between a safe versus a warrant versus, you know, a priced round of fundraising? Like it just was all the things. <laughs> but you know what? You just hit the nail on the head because a lot of times when I have, um, so I have an open door policy for my business on Fridays. A lot of consultants, young women come through and they're like, we heard your podcast. We want to start a business. And I'm like, even if you made the best cup of coffee and you're trying to create a coffee business, the business of running a business, the art of running a business, those are skills that you do not get taught. It's not Absolutely something you get a book. It's nope. everything from finance to promotion 
to security, um, to basic legal legalese, as mm -hmm. I say. Mm -hmm. um, so unless you have the the funding dollars to to support each of those like little nuggets, mm -hmm. you're essentially in charge of it all. You're in yeah. charge of all. you're you're the legal, you're the marketing, you're the entrepreneur, you're the business development person, you're the strategic person. Um, and so if you don't have an understanding of, especially if you're trying to create technology or digital media and you don't have a basic understanding of technology, you probably wouldn't have known to get a new CTO because they weren't fitting what your vision was. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and so a lot of times I see a lot of young women or just a, young, a lot of entrepreneurs that they'll hire someone, but because they don't have a basics of accounting or they don't have a basics of marketing, they just assume that their chief marketing officer is going to know everything. I'm like, no, right. no, you still have to have an understanding of all the intricacies of how it all works. Yes. So you can make the best decision for your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And from a technology perspective, you're if you're building a, a technical product, um, and I was a non-technical founder, right? Like I, I had not gone to, I was not an engineer, you know, don't have an engineering degree, um, did not go to coding school to learn, you know, various coding languages. Um, and so, you know, while you it was that much more important to have that counterpart um, that that was knowledgeable. But you know, I tell I tell tech founders now, like you know, even taking like an intro to coding class or like coding for dummies, I do think it's important for like the CEO, the founder, the visionary of the business still needs to have a sense for yeah. what's going on um, because it, it it matters. You know, it, it it does matter that much for for you to really understand what kinds of languages because the the type of technical stack that you're building, um, you know. It's its ability to be nimble, its ability to be modified, it, yeah. the cost, the timing, like all those things, which platform, hosting platform that you're using, all those things really, like they truly yeah. make a difference um, in, in the trajectory of how quickly you can scale. So the whole name of the game um, in for a lot of tech startups is your ability to get traction. And when you don't have money, that traction is 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 growth, you know, in, in other ways, whether it's adding new users, whether it's, um, you know, building out your more uh, functions and capabilities. So, um, you know, the, the product itself does need to be able to move relatively quickly and that that's based off the code so yeah. um, just didn't know it didn't know any of this <laughs> none of it but but here's the interesting part so i'm going to date myself right so back in the early 2000s when i was going to for my undergrad shout out to utsa because we will tag them university of texas san antonio brr, 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 brr. they have a whole new like road runner th i'm like i was so not there when they were doing that i was that college student that was like working three jobs to pay my tuition. So I'm like, what do you mean? There's like a whole hand gesture. I don't know these things. So anyhow, when I, my last year of college, um, my undergrad was in international business and you had to do a lot of, now they call them elective classes, but um, you had to pick between a graphics design class, a web design, et cetera. And I always knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know when. So I took the, um, at the time it was like MIDI files. I took graphic design, web design, et cetera. And so as I progressed in my career, you know, in these past two decades, 
I walk into a room and people are like, oh, you know technology? I'm like, yo, just because I'm a woman. Right. Like, yes, I know technology. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. And you so, gotta know enough to be dangerous. You you know, I, I don't have to be the the front end and the back end and the full stack and the, any of that, but I I need to know what's going yes, on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so there's always this, I don't know if you've faced it, but could you give any advice to like just young women that are getting, especially young women that are tapping into this entrepreneur spirit of like how to deal with when you walk into a room, aside from being the only woman in the room and aside from being a minority in the room, but also when you walk in and people assume that you don't know nothing about technology, right, right? Like any advice you can give these women besides run circles around them? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, sometimes it's important for, well, I, I will say this, you know what you're there to do. Right. So, so it's, it's up to you to let them know that, you know, that, you know, right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that it's, it's important for there to be focus on the reason why you're there is because this product needs to reach your consumer and, and you are the only person that can deliver this product in your specific way to address your client's needs. Um, and so that's why, you know, and I always love the analogy of like, you know, you go to the supermarket and you see a ton of different bread, you know, types of bread in the, on the, uh, in the grocery store and it's all bread. Like you can use all of them to make various sandwiches and French toast and whatnot, but you don't see someone saying, oh no, I can't come and, and bring a new bread to the market. Um, because you know, there's something special and unique about your product that's different than anyone else. So, you know, making sure that you have, you know, that you kind of remind yourself of that, um, I think is really important, especially in the very beginning when you're when you see a new competitor come onto the market or someone else is doing it different than you, or yeah. someone else is getting traction and you're not, remind yourself that, okay, well, they're not doing it the way I do it. Um, and when you go into a room, you need, you know, you want to remind them that no one else is the subject matter expert here, but me. That's right. You know, my very, very dear friend, um, a few years back, there was in the public space, they were like, oh, it's a competitor coming into your scene, into your quote unquote territory. And I was like, I don't look at them as competitors, but okay. And I had a very dear friend. She said, they may try to make your meatballs, but they ain't got your sauce. <laughs> and I, it just hit the nail on the head. And so, you know, for me, the other thing is time will tell because it's all about consistency is key, you know? Yes. Um, so I just kind of leave it be. I'm just like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. I just move it along. Right. Um, so speaking of moving it along, because I want to be mindful of your time. Before we close out this episode, I always ask our guests, what are two pieces of advice that you would give young entrepreneurs that are wanting to tap into the digital media, digital marketing space? Okay. Uh, well, the first one, uh, the first piece of advice I always give entrepreneurs is to get started. So, you know, there's a lot of ideas that, that you can come up with and a lot of uh, different business models, a lot of different business opportunities, market opportunities. Pick one and get started. 
um, iterate off of that, test it, get the get the get the conversations started, so that the the more conversations that you have and, and the the more work that you kind of put in, it yeah. will quickly identify whether this is a good idea or not. Yeah. Um, not every idea is a good idea. Not every business is profitable. Not every business is really a business. Sometimes they're a hobby. If you're not making money, it's a hobby. That's <laughs> um, accurate. So, so, you know, I, I really recommend that, you know, for, for first time entrepreneurs, if you're just getting started, like test the idea, get it out there quickly, confirm or deny that hypothesis and keep it moving. Um, mm -hmm. And then the second piece of our advice is, is to lean in to the, the thing that makes you unique. Being a, I, I love being a woman, right? I, clearly, I don't know anything else, but, you know, I, I do love the, the power that lies in, um, you know, my, my abilities and, and my intuition and, and the, the, the gut, you know, senses that, that are inherent uh, in being a woman and a woman of color. And I think there's a, there's a superpower there. Um, and there's a benefit um, that we can tap into markets and we can communicate in ways that nobody else can. So, right. so I do not see my I do not see being a woman and being a woman of color as a disadvantage. Um, I don't see it as a handicap. Uh, I definitely see it at, for, as a place of uh, of advantage, of value, um, and and really, it it is you know my my sauce, right? Like it it is the thing that 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 keeps me um, ahead of trend. Uh, we are the arbiters of culture. Uh, we influence and we drive culture uh, more than any other group in the world. So, um, so, so knowing that and, and being able to translate that into, into economic value, uh, I think is, is something that, you know, for, for women, uh, for women of color who are, are listening is, is definitely something to lean into and to expand on. I love it. I love it so much. Um, Regina, I feel like I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours, um, <laughs> but we don't have all that time today. So what I will say is where can people find you and how can they support y'all? For sure. So um, www.blackwomentalktech.com. Please come to our website. Please follow us on Instagram. It's also Black Women Tech. Black Women Talk Tech, uh, LinkedIn, same thing. Uh, sign up for our newsletter, uh, and then just spread the word. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And listen, you know this is for everyone. You know e everyone benefits from women winning. Okay, everyone benefits from a, a black woman running a business. Why? Because when uh, when a, when a black woman run, runs a business, she supports her family, her church, her school her community, her environment. She hires people. She hires them with good wages. She She's doing more than just building one business. She's she's changing the, the landscape of, of, the, of her surroundings. And that halo effect is something that everyone can benefit from. So I um, always like to underscore that um, it, it, this is not just for Black women. Um, and, and we want to, to make sure that everyone is, is supporting entrepreneurs um, who are building next-gen products. So um, so yeah, so that's it. Uh, hit us up, hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, let me know how we can partner and, and explore and, and we'll go from there. You are phenomenal and I wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much. For the remainder of 2023, but for all years in business and throughout your life because I feel like this is just the beginning and maybe one day, who knows, Oprah may have you on her show, right? 
who knows? Um, so for those of you that are tuning in, watching and listening on iTunes and Spotify, make sure that you share and like this episode because we have an amazing roster of guests coming in for season four. So make sure that you follow JMT Media Podcast. Thanks so much, y'all. Bye.